Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. So many shows. Well, I feel like that's how we start every episode right now. But like, it's listen, true. this literally, not necessarily like a Broadway show, but combined evening act and daytime activities. I saw 12 things this that's week. That's crazy. That's fucking insanity. That's crazy. That is literally, I had one three show day. I had two two show yeah. days. And then I had the rest of yeah. them one show days. That's crazy ridiculous i didn't see that i didn't see any shows on wednesday i tried to see 20th century right. which apparently no problems getting rush tickets except for the day that i tried to get <laughs> rush tickets <laughs> but we'll try and do that next week yeah. or i guess this week this week this week right yeah there's i've literally never seen this many shows in my entire well, life well let's just go day by day day by day Sorry, yes. I had to. i had to i thought of it too <laughs> so last week i saw red bull theater's production of tis pity she's a whore oh um, which was at the duke on 42nd it was so interesting i knew nothing about it someone else was like let's go see this show and i was like sure i didn't know anything about it never had heard of it so not knowing anything about the show right before the show i'd noticed on one of the posters it said what if romeo and juliet had been brother and sister Ew. And I, right. And I was like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. And that's what I said. I said, mm, if Romeo and Juliet were brother and sister, then where's, I guess the drama would then be because they're brother and sister and not be because their families hate each other? What? I'm confused. But so I understand why the poster said that. Okay. It's a play that was written in like the 1600s. Oh. Is that what it was called though? Tis Pity She Yes. The, the, Tis Pity She's a Whore is the title <gasps> and is the original title because it is a, there is a titular line. That was oh. a hard word to say all of a sudden. Titular? Titular line. Mm. Yes. Tis pity she's a whore. You, oh, you should see it. It's really good. So it is in a little um, Shakespearean-y iambic pentameter-y. <laughs> I found some <laughs> slash many parts of it hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, all, not like I knew what was going on. I knew like the what was happening plot wise, but I think the beauty of the language is lost on me because oh, okay. I was like, wait, wait, what'd you do? I'm so confused. Or like, <laughs> I didn't again. quite catch that line. Uh, yeah. I can't just completely comprehend that metaphor right now, mm. but it was really interesting. It was like, basically, you know, you've got Annabella who is, you know, nice, fair young maiden mm-hmm. who is ready to be wed. Um, Aren't we all? And then her brother who's like, I fucking love you. And then she's like, I fucking love you too. We're in love. We're going to do it. Um, And she's like, has all these, you know, her father is trying to like marry her off. There was Mm -hmm. like some other plot stuff that I didn't quite comprehend. I think about dowries (laughs) and stuff like that. And like, like she has a nice dowry. She's a, Mm -hmm. you know, a desirable young maiden. And there are many gentlemen coming to call on her and asking for her hand in marriage. There was like her father made a deal with someone who's this man who's like nephew he was trying to marry to her because mm-hmm. I'm sure they plot points that I couldn't comprehend. There was, <laughs> I'm sure, some sort of 
business deal that they were trying to close that they were like, yeah, give me the daughter and the business or something like that. The nephew was, everyone's got crazy names. They're all Italian. Bergito, maybe. Um, Ryan Garbayo, Mm -hmm. I think. I'm terrible at names, y'all. Was fucking hilarious. Actually, everyone was really funny um, and great, but he he was sort of like uh, a lot of the comedic relief in the show. Um, he was very very funny. Um, I want his shoes. The mm-hmm. costumes were amazing. It was like very like funky modern mixed steampunk a little bit for that oh. character, but like like uh, you know Japanese doll girl for another character. Oh. Like it was really cool. I really enjoyed the the design aspects of it, and the story was actually like really interesting, especially mm-hmm. because you know having that beginning. And being like, gross. Yeah. Don't fuck your brother. Yeah. But it was interesting. I felt like at the end of the play, no spoilers or anything. Well, the play was written in the 1600s. You should probably. But I didn't. Yeah, you. that's not. Well, it's basically like Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet. Everyone dies. Yes. You'll love this. All right. I'm just going (laughs) to. You'll love this. So the ending Mm -hmm. is basically like, you know, whatever. She ends up like marrying one of her suitors or whatever because she's pregnant by her brother. And then he finds out and there's like all this other stuff going on. And then I wasn't quite sure why. But for whatever reason, her brother, she decides that. I think she's like, I'm going to kill myself. And then he's like, let's die together. Kind of Romeo and Juliet. And then I think, I think she had decided to not kill herself. Mm -hmm. And then he decided to murder her and then cut her heart out so that he could like possess her heart. I wasn't quite sure. Um, And then he like comes out, there's like her husband's like birthday party is going on. And he like comes out with her heart on a sword (gasps) like covered in blood and is like, I fucked my sister. She was pregnant and I just murdered her. And everyone's like, yo, and like the, not the Pope, I don't think, but like somebody close to the Pope, he was wearing all red. Okay. So I don't know what that is. Cardinal? Possibly. He was wearing all red and he was from the Catholic church. Okay. You'll love this. So then he, let's see. The Cardinal. That's what your playbill says. The cardinal. I was like, ah, Catholics. Um, then he, um, his father has, oh, they like bring out her body. Um, she's like wrapped in a sheet, but mm-hmm. like is there's so much blood. Uh, her father has a heart attack and dies. Oh. Then the brother stabs her husband. He dies. Mm-hmm. I think someone else dies in that scene, but I can't remember. There's a lot of dead people. Sure. Wow. Then, Romeo like at the, and Juliet right, plus Hamlet. Right, right, right. Romeo and Juliet plus Hamlet. So then at the very, very end of the play, like literally the cardinal character was like, well, let's get rid of these dead bodies. Um, take them to the church and bury them or whatever, or like probably throw them in a ditch. Cause you'd be like, she, they're all bad people. Yeah. And then he's like, and since b- wham, bam, dad and offspring are dead, oh, liquidate all their the assets, money. take all their money. Yep. yep. Funniest, hilarious line. Um, and then, he, and then he was like, well, tis pity she's a whore. Blackout. Mm. Great. 
I fucking oh, loved it. It's like how the end of the show, like ending a show by shouting the name. Yes. Dracula. Tis pity she's a whore. Yeah. Yeah. I, Hair. I loved it. There was like so much more that was going on. It was like a full, you know, two and a half, 245 yeah. show. And oh. um, there was other characters that I'm not even mentioning and other plot lines and... Um, wait, can I have my playbill back? Yes. A character, Hippolyta, mm-hmm. who was played by Kelly Cran, who was fantastic. Mm. Um, she was like, okay, so much more plot. It was very confusing. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> actually. She was married to this guy, but also having an affair mm-hmm. with the guy that Annabella ends up marrying. Okay. Okay. Her... Her deal with him when they were lovers was like it when my old ass husband dies because she was like a trophy wife. Okay. We will get married. Oh, okay. Then her husband dies and and she and he's like, sorry, babe, got to go marry this hot young thing. And she's like, you have betrayed me Mm -hmm. and I will get you back. Nice. Then you also find out that her husband that died didn't actually die he like faked his death and is posing as a doctor and he's also he's like posing as a doctor who like is like the you know prenatal doctor to annabella and like all the he's like he's like the family doctor and then so and she's like this whole time she's like i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna so (laughs) get my revenge and then at his birthday party oh she's the other character Mm -hmm. that dies oh okay at the she like bribes his servant to poison him at his mm-hmm. birthday party and then she shows up in a disguise and like performs at the birthday party and then oh. like pulls her mask off and is like ha bitch it's me it was fantastic and then the servant is like loyal to his master sure. and poisons her mm-hmm. instead and then she dies and it was like so horrifyingly devastating mm-hmm. because she was the only female character in the show with any agency whatsoever because she was like hi don't slut shame me you were fucking me this whole time you were telling me all the pretty things and that you love me and you were gonna marry me and now you're turning and now you're saying you can't marry me because like i'm a whore and you have to marry a virgin because you can only marry a virgin you're a hypocrite fuck you men fuck you patriarchy fuck you society she slept with her brother the other one. Well, the, well, obviously, right. when the, her right, husband right, finds right, out, right. he tries to murder her sure, sure, for sure, being sure. a whore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, tis but me. it was really, it was like, it was like, damn girl, slut shaming. Yeah. It's always been a problem. Yeah. But man, she was fantastic. That's Killer it. costumes. Got to sing a little bit. Mm. Sounded good. She could do a musical. Good. Yeah, I really loved it. Great. I thought it was so great. Well, it runs through May sixteenth. So yeah. if you have a, a problem, if you have a problem with blood, mm. be warned, um, because it is quite bloody at the end. Yeah. I even was like, oh, oh, that's a little mm. much. Um, but it was great. It was super great. 
Okay. Um, Monday we saw the Easter bonnet. Yes, the Easter bonnet. Yes. Our second Easter bonnet. Second yeah, Easter last bonnet. year was the first time we'd ever been to the Easter bonnet. Mm-hmm. Easter bonnet's fun. It's a lot of fun. For those of you who don't know, Easter bonnet happens every year at the end of like the season after they close out the BCEFA donations. I didn't know that that was true. I just thought it was like a, just a reason to have a fundraising event. Well, it's not. The Easter Bonnet doesn't raise any funds. Oh, but they sell tickets to it. Well, I guess in that respect it does. But it celebrates all the money that everybody won and then... Oh! Or I mean all of the money that everybody raised and then the show that does the judge's favorite presentation or skit or yeah. sketch or show, whatever skit. you want to call There's it. It's, it's a skit. Wins... I think they just win the honor of having won. Uh, And then the show that raised the most money also wins wins too. Huh. Well, the more you know, NBC. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, It was fun. Last year, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't have remembered this unless it came up on my time hop. Um, But last year, there was a lot of really ridiculous jokes about the tiered touring problems oh, right. from equity Everyone was being my sassy. time hop was like oh sassafras at the <laughs> easter bonnet um which is funny because this year there was minimal sass minimal sass very minimal sass what was oh it was the lay miz, the lay miz skit it was it was 75 percent awesome and 25 percent mean because the setup mm. for the joke the joke song that they did was kind of mean, but then the, the song was, that they did was amazing. The song they did was amazing. The setup was, well, I thought it was in, in poor taste. Yeah. Funny thing about Cameron McIntosh that I just was reading on Playbill this morning. Yeah. Um. So I did not know this. In the, like the 90s, when was Miss Saigon? The 90s, okay. like 91, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Okay, so like right before that. Cameron McIntosh was like, I'm bringing Miss Saigon to Broadway and I'm going to have these white people. Oh, right. And Equity was like, no, you're not. Right. And then Cameron McIntosh was like, I'm not bringing Miss Saigon to Broadway. And then Equity was like, okay, you can I know. do it. I didn't know that. Jonathan Price is, was the one that. Uh, I don't know shit about Miss Saigon. So I had of, no idea. Yeah. Yellow face. I don't even. The weird thing about that is I don't even know that they. I didn't obviously see the original either. I don't even know that they tried to make him look Asian. They just what sort of was talked. He, he was the um, uh, oh, the what's his name? Governor, <laughs> the chairman. I don't know why I'm asking. I don't really know the plot of Miss. He's like the pimp, basically. Okay, but um, but he's supposed to be Asian. He's supposed to be Asian. He has an Asian name, and I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know. Okay, our our listeners will, I'm sure, will inform us. Please. But I, I don't know if they actually tried to make him seem Asian. Huh. Did I think anybody he see might have had, Let us like, know. some kind of accent. Mickey Rooney? Yeah. Yikes. It wasn't quite Mickey Rooney, <laughs> I think. That's crazy. I didn't know that. And yeah. that blew my mind this morning. I was reading an article on Playbill about how racist the casting of The King and I has been historically. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. Mm. But the Easter bonnet. <laughs> but anyway, the Easter bonnet parade. Um, Avenue Q won the presentations this year. <laughs> well deserved. I don't know who who raised the most money. It's probably Wicked either. or something. Probably was Wicked. Book of Mormon, something like that. Um, no, but yeah, that uh, uh, Avenue Q's skit 
was fucking hilarious. It was great. They it did the fantastic. circle of life. Yep. With their, their own puppets. They name checked uh, Judith Light. Oh, yeah. Oh, those puppets. It was, they, it was incredible. I mean, it was fucking Faith incredible. It was like the Lion King, Hope. but with like Avenue Q. Yeah. So imagine. And Judith Light. And this huge oh God, picture of Judith Light. Which I sincerely hope is and there were a lot available. of Trekkie monsters, which I thought was funny. Oh like yeah, most of those yeah, puppets yeah. were Trekkie monsters. It was fantastic. They had flying, little was, flying oh, Trekkie little monsters. Flying. It was great. It was so funny. And they had the bad news bears. It was not yeah. the bad news. Is that what they're yeah. called? The bad news yeah. bears. It's also that movie. So in my head, I was like, "Wait, what's bad I? news bears movie?" Oh, yes. What's that? Uh, it's a movie uh, from I think the early '80s, maybe late '70s. Um, Walter Matthau. Tatum O'Neill, I believe, is in it. It's about like a shitty little league team. Oh. And then it was remade in the mid 2000s with Billy Bob Thornton. What, what, um, movie, what thing do you think Walter Matthau is most famous for from your perspective? Grumpy old men. Okay. Just, I was just thinking about how the only thing I could possibly think of right now in this moment that he had been in was Hello Dolly. And I was uh, like, I know that he's not famous for Hello Dolly and I couldn't think of what it was. I mean, I think certainly for my from my generation, I know Walter Matthau was in the business for years and years right. and years, like decades right. before that. But I associate him with Grumpy Old Men and also Dennis the Menace. Oh, <laughs> old things that I am completely Mason with. Gamble. That's the kid that played Dennis the Menace and for some reason I remember that. Cool. Yep. That's funny. It's just like how I remember every single ensemble and swing person from 9 from to 5. 9 to 5. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Right? I know all of them. Yeah. Walked past one of them on 8th Avenue the other day. Wanted to be like, how are you? I know. I, I feel that way about mo- maybe not all, but most of the people in Catch Me If You yeah. Can. And that's why I was so shocked when I listened to an episode of The Ensemblist, which is another great Fantastic, fantastic podcast. theater podcast, and Mo Brady was talking about. Oh, actually, it was. I'm sorry, it was the theater people <laughs> interview uh, with the ensemble. Another great so, theater podcast, theater people. Yes, um, and he mentioned that he was in Catch Me, but he was in in Seattle. in Seattle. And for a hot second, I was like, "How did I not know that?" I keep on not telling him that I saw I it in Seattle. I, know. I saw it. I staged Jordan, and, and I want to know if he's on that. That Bizarro promo CD they sent out. Ooh. And it has the... T- Hi, I'm Frank Abagnale Jr. I'm Frank Abagnale Jr. Oh, the beginning of Jet lis- Set is I terrible. I listened to it like once. And it then comes I was on like, my I have I should just recording. take it off my iPod because right. it comes up and I go, no. I love that you still call it your iPod. Well, it's the iPod part of my iPhone. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what okay. were we talking about? Oh, the Easter bonnet. Anyway, it was fun. <laughs> you should go in the future. You should definitely if you've go. you've never been, go. It's fun. It's per, like always on TDF mm-hmm. if you're on TDF. So the tickets aren't expensive. It's for a good cause. It's, yeah. ECFA is always fun. great. It's fun. Rob McClure and Nancy Opal were <gasps> hilarious and adorable great. and delightful and sad because they're show closed. Fantastic jokes. Mm-hmm. Well, well-written jokes yeah. that were like self-aware and acknowledging the fact that they don't have jobs anymore Mm -hmm. but like poking fun at themselves was very good yeah the second show we saw on monday so many shows (laughs) was at joe's pub we saw a sort of cabaret style one-man show um, by miguel angelo who's a venezuelan theater and music theater star and musician yeah it was crazy and, and awesome yeah i feel like 
I was 100% on board with everything that was happening in English. And I wasn't like not on board with the stuff that was happening in Spanish. I just didn't know what was happening. So like it was actually, he was like, it was very much a Cher and a Scott style cabaret. Definitely. um, Which I really appreciated. It was great. Mm -hmm. And he is like weird and eccentric in like Mm -hmm. a lovable, amazing way. Like he fucking put on a dress and they sang the Lonely Lonely Goat Herder. And, he, and he like they've all put him and his backup girls like put on wigs. It was the whole night. He was yards. talking about living in Germany and said something about the mountains. And he was like, this next song needs a costume. And he took out that like Basket. dress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's going to sing the sound of music. But I thought he was going to sing the sound of music. Me too. I thought he was going to climb every mountain right. or something like yeah. that. And then he sang the lonely goat herder. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> And he had a bunch of like wig changes he has, and he's like, doing voices. Oh my God. He's got like a crazy range. Too. I feel like he's like one of those people who has like an unlimited supply of energy at any given oh moment. Oh my God. You know? I know. Yeah. You know, where it's like 4 a.m. You've been up for six days and he's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Let's do something. And you're like, whoa, dude. I'm tired. Um, Yeah. His show is fantastic. Yeah. And then it was like, I felt like I was hearing, I like was following a story and then all of a sudden I realized that I hadn't there hadn't been anything in English for like five minutes yeah. and I had no idea what was going on anymore and then I was like just enjoying performance sure but it was like where the, I don't well, know well because also, also I felt like the story got really well, serious at that yeah. point and it yeah. seemed like there was uh, a political uprising mm-hmm. yes in Venezuela that's like true a, a war it. a civil war yeah, maybe I mean not quite but I yes. wasn't sure but I could tell the that there was some war. sort of violent yeah. conflict happening yeah. it was all in Spanish though so I don't right. know but I enjoyed it. I mean and I you know understood very little of it right. I got like words here and there because also mm. when you're listening when you're listening to songs in English that you've never heard right. before yeah, it's it hard to catch totally. all the lyrics but yeah, no, that's about it. Okay. Yeah. That's you, good. I mean, you got the gist of what was happening. That's good. That's good. Yeah. His voice is also really fucking His incredible. Voice is incredible. <laughs> He's got an amazing voice. Yeah. Like and we came when we came and sat down, there was like a CD on everyone's mm-hmm. seat. You got a free CD yeah. with the show. So I'm actually pretty excited to um listen to that album mm-hmm. once I figure out how to connect a old school CD-ROM to my fucking <laughs> new laptop that doesn't have a drive. That's crazy. It's crazy. I guess it's not that crazy because they're trying to, like, get rid of all, like, h- hard copies right. of things. I mean, I get it. The CD's called La Casa Azul, and you can buy it on Amazon. I think most of it is in Spanish. And some of these songs I recognize from the show... The song Immigrantes, which is oh, immigrants yeah, yeah. that opened the show. That was sort of his theme was right. like that everybody's an immigrant from somewhere. Yeah. And he was going around and asking the audience, where are you from? Connecticut. <laughs> oh, my God. And there was that one guy that was from like, he was like, I'm from the Lower East Side. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was so, that's like only blocks away. We were Joe's pub. Yeah. And he um, was like, how'd you get here? And he's like, I walk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. What I would give. Oh, he sang that Frida Kahlo song. Oh, God, yeah. And the his whole thing about Miss Universe I thought was yeah. really cool. And it was interesting, mm-hmm. too, that I didn't realize Miss Universe was such a big deal. Yeah, places. I did. Like, as soon as, as that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, like, a big deal down there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But he's great. And I would say go look him up, buy his album. Yeah, if absolutely. he does more shows in the States, I think he lives in New York City now. The way yeah, that I would, the, I would the assume show that he's full time in <laughs> yeah. New York City. Yeah. Miguel Angelo is his name. 
Check it out, kids. On Tuesday, we saw a very, very, very important piece of theater. Oh, yeah. Yubhaya. It's been around the world a little bit. They were at, like, Edinburgh, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, and a few other places. And I think it was in London, London also. It's an incredible piece of theater. It's um, about the uh, sort of starts, the seed of the idea starts from, like, this real, all of it was real. Mm-hmm. It started with uh, there was a woman was gang raped and died in Delhi in like 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was like a huge, huge fucking deal. Well, and the little that I knew about it was that before the show, mm. I guess I didn't know the huge impact that it had, but that Delhi was kind of known as a seedy place. And this right. was sort of like the tipping the last point. straw. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like I remember hearing about this when it happened, um, but not knowing, you know, other side of the world. But yeah. So then it was like sort of telling the story of what happened to her and also how it affected all these other women you know, from the area or from the country and around the world, from the community who had also experienced like sexual abuse in their life. It was really interesting. It was so interesting. Like, Oh, trying to imagine like the, the way that they physicalize the bus situation, you know, and just like Mm -hmm. the everyday life of like how men are always just like grabbing women and not, and like groping and nobody's doing anything about it. It was really, uh, it was amazing cast, the way I'm, they worked together. The thing that affected me the most, mostly because I wasn't expecting it, I knew obviously this show to be, was going to be like heavy. Right. And I knew a little bit about the actual incident, but that these other stories that were told that had been sparked by this initial incident were being told by the women that had experience them. Yes. I didn't know there were going to be other stories. And on top of that, I didn't know that they were their stories. Right. I did not know that either. Yeah. It was very, very <clears throat> intense. And I think all of them besides one of them is like a full-time performer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were all like actors who had experienced yeah. well, sexual one, abuse in different again, ways. It, none of it, the, no one's immune just because of who you are and what you do for a living. Right. But like one of these women is like a, from her bio anyway, it seems like a pretty famous right. Bollywood actress. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would highly recommend this show to anyone. Although I do think that it, I wish it had had a trigger warning. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess w- if you don't know anything about it. Yeah. But I guess for me, like I thought that some of the scenes where rape was actually being acted out. Mm. I certainly thought that it was in done in good taste, which is, you it know, like I would expect. Or, yes, it wasn't gratuitous. It was very yeah, like... Or shocking. It, it was very like, sh- like artfully yeah. done. It was very well done. But, you know, I'm not a rape survivor, and I can imagine that there are some people who... Even that would be too much. Sure. And I did think for, for the community that this show is hopefully, I mean, it's trying to serve everyone, mm-hmm. but I just was, would have expected there to have been more of a trigger warning. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess they just, I'm guessing. They I mean, if you're going granted, to that show, you right, should know what you're getting you know, into. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's an extremely heavy, 
heavy show to watch and to experience. So you just really should be prepared for it if you go see it. But yeah. you should. It's very important. I held it together during the show with occasional, like, you know, I was tearing up and crying. Yeah. But, uh, like, I kind of lost it after the show. Um, but there were people around us that yes. were like, sobbing. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes when you talk to people about these shows, these kind of shows, and they're like, why would you want to see that? Mm. And it's not about going to be entertained, I think. Sure. Because people are like, why would you want to see that theater, that like right, show, some that people play? experience, I don't know, I would, to people that would say that sort of stuff, I'd be like, I don't know, why do you watch like sad movies? Right. You know, like, I don't know. The first movie that came to my mind was Crash. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I was trying to think of a better example. Yeah. Schindler's List. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you go to the movies yeah. to see Schindler's and to List? That, Never there forget. Are, that's there why. are a ton of movies, for example, because people, for whatever reason, they think theater is something else. Yeah. But where I would be like, that was a fantastic movie. It was very affecting. I don't know that I will ever watch it again. Yeah, yeah, like 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I was actually thinking that maybe I should watch Schindler's List again because I haven't mm. watched it since it like came out. And I was pretty young when it came mm. out. So that's a, a story uh, I would like to revisit to continue right. to remember it. Well, but, we should watch it together. Mm. I haven't watched that movie in like 10 years. Yeah. Let's do it. What a fun night. <laughs> <laughs> we can also watch, you know what I was just, when you were saying that, I was like, you know what I should probably rewatch is Life is Beautiful. Oh God. Because I only Buongiorno, saw, principessa. I saw I that, that movie... movie I like rented it and watched it by myself and I like got really freaked out at the end. So I like muted the last mm. like five minutes of the movie Yeah, and just watched it silently because yeah. I was so freaked out. Yeah. The, and this is a play that I will recommend to everyone, Absolutely. but not necessarily ever right. see again. Yeah. You no. Know. I will. Yes. Yeah. But it, so it's at the Lynn Redgrave theater and it runs through May 17th. And if you want to go, you should buy your tickets because it pretty much has completely, I mean, not pretty much like it has sold out in every city yes. that it's played. Yes. So if you want to go, go. Yeah. And you should go. You should definitely go. On Wednesday, I tried to get tickets and was <laughs> denied. And was denied. Uh, I stood around for like 15 minutes before some nice person was like, they put up a sign that there's no tickets. Ugh. I was like, oh. That's, I'm glad that nice person it did that for a, you. It was A, nice that they put up that sign, and B, nice yes, that, that they someone alerted you to yeah. that. But you. I, like a fucking nut job, <laughs> took a 6 a.m. bus to Washington, D.C. <laughs> a fucking crazy person. And saw two shows and then took a bus back. At 11 p.m. Because I'm fucking crazy. Yep. I saw Man of La Mancha. Mm -hmm. I saw a student matinee at noon. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was sitting in the front row, literally dead center. I forgot that I had bought that ticket. Like, I chose that seat. And then when I saw my ticket, I was like, oh, I'm sitting in the front row. (laughs) Then I was like, oh, yeah. I did that. Um, I probably could have benefited actually from sitting a few rows back because I probably would have been able to appreciate the spectacle of this set a little bit more because the set was like fucking gorgeous. What theater was it at? It was at the Shakespeare Theater Company. It's their it's their theater. I don't know if not all Shakespeare theaters do just Shakespeare, right? So yeah, yeah. but it was like their building, 
Oh, Shakespeare but someone Theater else Company. might have produced it. You're not sure? No, no, no. Did? It's the Shakespeare Theater Company's show, and it's the Shakespeare Theater Company's theater. Okay. I don't know if their theater has an additional oh, name I besides see. Shakespeare Theater Company's theater. I see. Sydney Harmon <laughs> Hall. There you go. Oh, there you go. It was in the Sydney Harmon Hall at the Shakespeare Theater Company's building That's in Washington, D.C. Um, it was fucking great. Yeah. I had never seen Man of La Mancha, so I actually didn't really know what it was about. I thought it was Don Quixote the musical. I mean, I've never it's seen it either, not. and that's what I thought it's it was. not Don Quixote the Don. What is it? Quixote. Quixote. <laughs> the musical. Um, it's like a musical within a musical, kind mm. of. Not really. That was a bad way to describe it. Well, that's that's twice that you've described it. It's to me basically like, that. like the dude that wrote Don Quixote, Cervantes. That dude. I'm just gonna call him Anthony Warlow because those are okay words I can't pronounce. Sure. Very so well. wait, Warlow was playing Miguel de Cervantes. Yes. Okay. He is thrown into prison. Because of the Spanish Inquisition. Sure. And he like gets down there and it's like fucking, you know, no man's land prison world. And they're like taking all his like his stuff. And then he was like, <laughs> I feel like I didn't actually understand most of the plot. <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't completely understand why he was telling the story of Don Quixote. I think it was just because the prisoners were going to like take all his stuff. And he was like, wait. Oh, he's like Let me tell you them? a story. I think. I okay. think. I'm not sure. Okay. There might be more to it than that. Right. But I think he was just distracting them. And then he like, like he has, he's like an actor and a writer. Right. And what's Anthony Warlow? Serv- oh, Cervantes? That dude. Okay. Yeah. So he was like finishing his book, Don Quixote, and then was like, I'll tell you about the book I'm writing, kind of. Okay. And so it was like... They would do, he would be like, and then in this scene, and they would like do basically a scene from, you know, what would have been Don Quixote, the musical. And then you would like go back into like the prisoner thing for a minute and stuff. But mostly it was kind of Don Quixote, the musical, but okay. a little bit more than that. The set was, re- I just have so to say wait, this, what? Sorry. Also, because I don't know Man of Macha, who then was playing Don Quixote? Anthony, also Anthony, Anthony Warlock. So he played Cervantes. And also when he was telling the story, was like acting it out. Yes. yes so yes. Brian Stokes Mitchell plays Cervantes? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. The impossible dream. Yeah. So the set was really fucking incredible. It was like we were in this dungeon cell in, you know, the Spanish Inquisition. Like it looked... It was their theater. It's very tall. It's very high ceiling. So it was very deep. And there was then like way up at the top, there was like a walkway and there the walkway, like half of the walkway would come down like on a chain Mm -hmm. and be stairs for people to come. It was so fucking cool. It was so beautiful. So amazing. And like when, when, the first time it happened, like, like I don't know, five minutes into the show, you, like, hear the, like, crank, crank, crank. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up and it started. And I literally, I was like, holy shit. It was so cool. It looked awesome. Like, I can't cool. t- talk about it enough. How well, fucking maybe awesome Maybe I'll see if there are any production shots. Production shots. <laughs> photos, yeah. But if you're in D.C., I mean, check it out. And then... Our favorite, Amber Iman, yes. was playing Aldonzo, right? Aldonza. Aldonza. Slash Dulcinea. Yes. Yes. Exactly. She was fucking great. Oh, my God. That girl's voice. Ugh. But, like, can we talk? 
Yeah. She's incredible. We can talk. She was great. She was so fantastic. And I, yeah, I just don't even have anything else to say besides the fact she was Mm -hmm. incredible. But one note, not for her, but for her wig maker. Oh, no. You know, listen, that wig needed work. Yeah. It was not a good wig. Bummer. Cheap. Mm. They spent all the money on the set. Guess so. I just think that Amber Amon deserves a fucking beautiful wig. I mean, it wasn't even like, you know, like it it wasn't like, oh, she's poor. Right. Her hair looks like crap. It was like, that's a $5 wig. Mm. Anyway. Was Anthony Warlow bald? No. I only ever have seen him in Annie. (laughs) So I just picture him like he's like Michael Cerveris, right? He's bald all the time. (laughs) He had a wig. Oh, okay. He also it was really funny because when he was the writer dude, I'm never going to learn that name. <laughs> what is it? Cervantes. Cervantes. I, I mean, I honestly, honestly, from my uh, my uh, assumptions, I don't know anything about this theater company, but it's mm-hmm. a Shakespeare theater company. And Amber Amon is a black person. And I felt like the black wig, black people wigs in the show were needed work. And the white people wigs were just so mm. fine. And I feel like probably maybe just an assumption. Maybe the Shakespeare company doesn't work with black people enough. Mm. Was it like black, like a textured wig or was it, was it like, like relaxed? Like no, they just no, put no, no. Black it was curly. Oh. It was like a curly, curly black with some highlights. Hmm. She, I think she had highlights in well, there you too. Know. Um, they spend a lot of time out in the sure, sun. Sure, of course. Well, she's, she's lemon right. juice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just that. I mean, that wig looked okay. really cheap. Yeah. And I was... And... If all of the wigs had been bad, I sure. would be like, guys, all your wigs your are bad. wig game up. But when only the black mm. wigs are bad, then you're like, guys, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Learn how There's to make black wigs. Yeah. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, but she was fucking great. He was fucking well, great. Sure. Also fantastic, Nahal Joshi, who played Sancho. Yeah. He was fucking I'm great. Sancho, yes. I'm oh, my gosh. Did he do a crazy voice like that? Um, no. Sancho usually has a crazy voice. He, I mean, he was really funny, but I, yeah. I don't remember that it was like a crazy voice. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He was fantastic though. Cause he's like the weirdo sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great. I thought he was really funny and great and good. Yeah. Great cast. Fantastic production. Highly recommend. I think you only have like another week. Mm. Um, or two weeks to see it. So if you're in D.C. or you want to be crazy like me, just take a bus for the, the one day of mm-hmm. it. Do it. Second show I saw was Murder Ballad at Studio Theater, um, which was also fantastic. It was weird because they were, like, making it very immersive in feel because, like, there was no, like, I, went, I was like, where do I pick up my tickets? And the guy was like, no tickets. There's just a list. And then I, like, went around the corner. It was, like, on the corner of their, of their building. And there was, like, it was, like, a club. They set it up oh, like it was okay. a club. And you had to get into the club. You know, I had to, like, wait in line for a yeah. few minutes and get my hands stamped and yeah. everything. And then it was there. They have, like, a really big, nice building. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But the space that it was in was awesome it was super it was kind of like the set for the undeniable sound of right now okay it was just like straight up trash bar Mm -hmm. i thought it was a good production uh christine dwyer was playing sarah which was the motivating force behind my decision to see it because sure. I saw her as Elphaba and her right. voice is she was fantastic absolutely and she was fantastic it was good i'm glad i saw it thursday we saw dr zhivago 
which we'll obviously be doing a review for. Yep. So stay tuned for that later this week. I feel like I want Dr. Zhivago to have a thing like Rebecca where we're like, Rebecca. Like, I just oh. want to be like, Dr. Zhivago. But he I says don't... his name a lot in the show, mm-hmm. but he's like, I am and Yuri Antonovich Zhivago. Two, I don't know four, what six, so yeah. one. I don't know what the middle name is. <laughs> Yuri Antonovich. I don't know. There's a vich in there. <laughs> anyway, so look out for that. Yep. Uh, Friday, we went to a screening of this really hilarious new web series. Fantastic. That's coming out on May 2nd. It's going to be on Broadway World for 72 hours. And then on the 5th, it'll be on YouTube, their YouTube channel. The show's called The Understudies. It's hilarious. It's really funny. Allison Frazier is on it, you guys. Mm-hmm. Also, it was interesting because there was like a little panel discussion afterwards. I didn't realize that the woman that like created it, It's a lot of it is life-based. Yeah, the, the panel, they were talking about it. Elizabeth Gray created it with Daniel Zimbler, and she was an understudy in Breakfast at Tiffany's right. uh, for Amelia Clark, and it was a lot of, like, waiting around right. <laughs> and not doing anything. So she thought that was, A, funny, and B, wanted to do something creative with it. So they started working on this, and then the show closed. Whoops. And they sort of changed tacts because it was going to be sort of an accompanying web series, and then the show closed. Hmm. So now they're releasing it. Uh, They're really short episodes. They're Uh like between four and eight minutes, maybe. Maybe even shorter than eight, but hilarious. Really funny. Really great. Fantastic performances. Really nuanced. Yeah. Some other. So uh, Elizabeth Grace stars in it as Astoria Bag. Oh, great like fucking great actor name. name. Oh, my God. When it was like Astoria Bag, like in the first episode, I was like, oh, my God, that's the perfect, mm-hmm. that's the perfect fucking name for some struggling actress. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And as Emily said, Alison Frazier's in it. She plays Astoria's mother, Hilarious. Betty Bouger, oh who's God. like a Broadway diva. So funny. And She's basically the Bernadette Peters to... Oh, to Megan uh, Hilty's... To Megan Ivy Lynn. Ivy Lynn. Yeah. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Elizabeth Ashley, who we most recently saw in You Can't Take It With You, plays Astoria's grandmother. Also fucking hilarious. <laughs> Dottie Bouget. Oh, my God. Yeah. So great. Her and, yeah, and Allison together. They, like, mentioned that they have all this, like, reserve footage because they, yeah, they, said they, they shot like, improvised. Hours and hours yeah. and hours. They used, like, two minutes of footage, but they shot with those two ladies for, like, six hours. I would just really, like... The uncut footage. I would. I would watch all of it. I'd watch all of it. I know all the uncut yeah. footage of just of Elizabeth Ashley and Allison Frazier just spitballing yeah. for hours. Yeah. Shit, I would watch all of that. <laughs> yeah, we saw the. They showed us the first ten episodes, and the first season is thirteen episodes. So we haven't seen the last three. Mm. Don't know who shows up, but another sort of cameo in one of the episodes. Is Richard Kind. Oh, so he, funny. Not going to ruin it, but he has like a Fantastic. weird, amazing part. He literally, like the scene that he was introduced, I like, they were like introducing the character and he was just standing in the background <laughs> and you could just see him. And I was like, oh, whatever it is, Ugh. he's hilarious. Yeah. He's going to crush it. I was yeah. really excited when I saw that he was in it. Yeah. So, yeah, you should definitely check out this show when it goes live again, yep. May 2nd. Yep. 
It's hilarious. It's yes. very funny, guys. Watch it. And Saturday was a three-show day. A three-show day. A three-show day. We saw three shows on Saturday. We did. That's crazy. And as I realized when I was like tweeting that we were seeing shows, they were all written Lady and shows. created by women. Because women are awesome and they're kicking butt right now. Yeah. Yeah. The first show that we saw was Airline Highway yeah. by Lisa Damore, and it's an MTC show. Mm. Has a great cast, which includes Julie White. Julie fucking White. Guys, it was a fantastic show. I enjoyed it very much. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So hopefully you've listened to the cast interviews that we did with the mm-hmm. cast of Airline Highway uh, like a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. three or four weeks ago. But if you didn't, A, you should, yep. and B... If you don't know about the show, it takes place in New Orleans uh, at this like rundown motel mm-hmm. that used to be on this very ha- happening stretch of road. It was, you know, a good business area. And now it's like trailed off and it's basically being regentrified. Mm-hmm. They're going to build a Costco and there's like this shitty motel across the street with all these colorful characters. <laughs> And we just sort of get to see inside their lives for like a weekend. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, I thought it did a good job of dipping us into that community and giving us tastes of all the people's Mm -hmm. lives. But I never felt like, I think often in that style of show, like you can feel like, A, there's too many characters and I'm not getting to know enough about them. Mostly just that. I was going to have a B, <laughs> but that was pretty much that. Yeah. Pretty much covers it. Yeah. But that wasn't what happened here. Not I felt like there wasn't too much information. There was enough information about everybody to be emotionally impactful. Mm-hmm. Like Julie White fucking ruined oh, me. God, Julie White. She was so fantastic. And the part is so great and just so fucking real. And the way she played it, you were just, my heart was cracking open for that woman. Yeah. Like, so much. You know, Julie White is ballsy and brassy and big and hilarious. And she got to do all of those things. But yeah. then she also had like some really, really beautiful, heartbreaking yeah. moments. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it wasn't also like, I didn't feel like it was hitting us over the head of like, sympathize. No, not at all. And you know, I have hard times sympathizing yeah. with people who make bad life decisions. Yeah. But the way that these characters were portrayed and presented made it easy to sympathize with them and not excuse their actions and their decisions, but at the same time, understand a little bit, as much as I possibly could, from my perspective and also from what we were given, how they ended up where they ended up. I'm so glad that you feel that way because so often I'm so frustrated with you when we get out of like (laughs) follies and you're like, I don't feel bad for any of these characters. They all made terrible decisions. Fuck them. And I'm like weeping. I'm so glad that for this show you were like... that terrible relationship. You could actually sympathize with Julie White. Yeah. And not be like, ugh, it's your fault you're a drug addict. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> They're all like in various states Well, but of addiction elite. is different than like whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what you're going to pull out? You're, that's why you don't sympathize with Sally or Phyllis? Phyllis because is, they're not drug addicts? Well, Phyllis, I completely don't understand that because then they just sort of 
wanted to get both. She was like, I'm out. And then at the end, they were like, oh, never mind. Let's just, we'll just be together and whatever. No big deal. <laughs> Why? Because it's been a long time and it's hard to untangle your lives. I don't fucking know. I'm not saying that's the decision I would make, but I don't think that just so, because characters on stage I'm make allowed decisions, to not like those decisions they're but, making. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't sympathize for the person. You're like, you made a bad choice. I hate you. Why? I don't but, hate them. I just like, I'm not going to feel bad for it. Especially after that point where you've like made a decision and then decided not. Ugh. Uh, maybe that you know i can't say if that if i knew that human being in real life that's not necessarily how i would react but based on what was shown to me in the musical what about Follies, what about that was my merrily reaction. what about merrily mary's what an alcoholic mary? i know but you had no sympathy for any of those characters that's not true you completely to this day <laughs> misunderstand my reaction to merrily okay then clarify because when I we walked out much, of Merrily, I was like, yeah. you were like, all those characters made bad choices. I didn't care. No. That's what I remember. What did you say? I then? very much sympathized with Mary because my horrific reaction to that show was, dear God, don't let me turn into Mary. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, it's the complete opposite. Well, then I will have in I that will, situation where I've been friends with someone who I was like, crazy in love with who never even like was aware well i'm sure they were very much aware of that but was like not having it okay well maybe when we got out of the show you didn't verbalize that as clearly how why well, was like oh god i just don't want to be mary flynn how was that i don't remember that i just remember getting out of the show and you saying because you, you were just it. like drunk on optimism and yeah. i yeah hate it it's not an optimistic ending because of all of that came before it which was really what came after it but it <laughs> is an optimistic ending because you can always make your own fucking choices but the end of that show is extremely uplifting no, it was not to me because that's the beginning of all the bullshit that happens after it i so can't it's a life lesson yeah i know Ugh. I don't know what else to say. I fucking love Marilyn. We roll along. I don't dislike, you know, those shows we were talking about before where we're like, I saw it and I learned from it and I never really have to see it again. That's how I feel about Marilyn and Follies. Although I don't think I learned anything from Follies. Except for that Mary Beth Peel's most beautiful woman in the world. But I knew that already, really. So (laughs) I'll listen to that cast recording and I will listen to those songs out of context. (sighs) I don't know. Side note. See me in 40 years and I'll see how I'm doing. Ah, we'll check back in when we're still doing this podcast. Yep. (laughs) Um, Sidebar, I downloaded and listened to Laura Michelle Kelly's album, The Storm Inside, which is actually from like 10 years ago. She put it out. 10 years ago. She sings Losing My Mind from Follies on it, but it's like a crazy town arrangement. Oh. Um, I, I just want everyone to listen to that album of Laura Michelle Kelly's and tweet me about it so I can talk to someone about it. Will you listen to it? No. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just the arrangements on the yeah. songs are peculiar. Okay. Anything else? Airline Highway? Airline Highway is fucking great. Julie White is awesome. Female playwrights, awesome. Also, the rest of the cast was really, really Fantastic. Great. I mean, co- incredible ensemble. Yeah. Everyone was so fucking great. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about the set. Holy crap. The set. The set was fucking amazing. The set was beautiful. The set was so 
cool. It was great. It was really, 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 really fantastic. Excellent work, everyone. And no, oh my God. Oh, I guess because it's a Steppenwolf production and not an MTC production, but it didn't have the MTC scene change music. Scene change music that you hate. I don't, well, I don't hate it. It just is like. It's weird that it's it's in every show. It's like a variation of the same music for every MTC show. I don't think I would have noticed. That's not surprising. I don't think I would have also because it's just or it's just instrumental and that doesn't get your ear. Like the yeah no definitely not but like I feel like the first time you were like they use the same music for every show I was like what <laughs> has there been music in every show <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about I take your word on it yeah but I don't know what you're talking about it's funny fun home. And then we saw Fun Home. Fun Home. Which is another show that we will be reviewing and you can look for the review next week. Yes. This week. Um, I keep saying next week. Fun Home. Fun Home. We can't talk about it. We're going to talk about it after we finish recording this podcast. I do just want to say that we were sitting a few seats away from Cherry Jones and a few seats down from Sarah Paulson and Holland Taylor and a few seats down from Emmy Rossum. It was a packed house. Oh, and And we were across the way from Hunter Foster and Jen Cody. Yeah. It was a packed night. Yeah. Yeah. And tell about Emmy. Oh, after the show, Emily, we were talking and we were both emotional, (laughs) but I mean, Emily started crying a little bit and I was like, Oh, and I gave her a hug and I made accidental eye contact with Emmy Rossum and she like made a like, Oh, cute face. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, Oh, look at that. That's nice. Look at that lesbian getting a hug after that show. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. And then our third show of Saturday, of our Lady Day, Lady Day, (laughs) was Leslie Margarita, All Hail the Queen. Fuck yeah. It was the second time I'd seen it. Third time. Third time you'd seen it. Second time I'd seen it. God damn it. Her show is so fucking good. so, So good. And the second one was tonight. Sunday night. So if you missed it, you missed it because she's not doing these songs anymore. She retired the show, guys. Yeah. She's going to do some other kind of cabaret show in the future. Mm -hmm. But it's such a, you know, like uh, the way she wrote that show is so great. I think it's so good. It's such a great balance between serious moments and funny moments. Absolutely. Funny moments are so funny. And like. I feel like in the same in the same like Sherry Renee Scott way, she like takes us on a journey with her. We're totally there. It's very like, yeah, a little title of showy and a little Sherry Renee Scotty, yeah. and then just like a lot of fucking glitter Ugh. and screlting. Yeah. Oh my god, her voice! Oh my god, her voice! She's so funny and like great that that's then I I'm like I'm just enjoying her and then she sings these notes that blow my brains out. And there's so much diff. There's so many different flavors to her mm-hmm. voice. She has like some really sweet notes and moments that yeah. she can make, and then she can scrout, and then she can do her sort of share voice. Yeah. When she's like being funny, I love I love like when she sings pop. Yeah, I love when she scrouts musical theater. Like I love every aspect of her voice. Yeah, I love it all. She's really loud though. (laughs) Everybody, (laughs) shut up! (laughs) But like the inspiration she draws from the mean comments are just. I mean, yeah, it's so so golden. Really, just like if you haven't listened to our interview with her. Please do. Yeah. Because most of what we're talking about is covered in that and and more because she's brilliant. But yeah. like her take on all of these things is so necessary. Everyone can Absolutely. learn so much from her. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Then today. Today we saw 
The Spring Spectacular. Oh, the Radio, Radio City. City Spring Hearts and Lights. No, no, no. That was the one that got canceled. <laughs> But that's a made a million light up bracelets for. No, but literally, like when we got in, I was like, why did you hand me this bracelet? And then mm-hmm. later, Patty was like, oh, they ordered these for hearts and lights. And then we're like, fuck. Well, especially since it was called hearts and lights, you yeah. know, and, and it they, was canceled not that It was canceled long like, before. it was like a Rebecca cancel. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was like it down was to like the going wire. going to happen and then they didn't sell they were like tickets or something. Tickets, yeah, they had sold like three and tickets. And that's why they went balls to the wall with this one with Laura Benanti and Derek Hoff. Yeah, and they were like, we're was not going to lose money so on so much one, sponsorship. Honey. Oh, man. Like, okay, I am a bit of a spectacular aficionado. Aficionado. Yes. Um, as far as the Christmas spectacular is concerned, I've seen it seven times. But isn't that the only spectacular besides this one? It's the only spectacular. Yeah. I've seen it seven times. It's always presented by Chase. And there's a little product placement in that they do similar thing to what we saw where they like take you through New York city. Cause Santa's uh, like on his sleigh and uh, he's, um, fine. <laughs> going from the North pole to New York city. And cause he needs the rockets help. What? It's great. It's what? Awesome. No, it's so perfect. Um, Are they? Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm not even going to try. You Because it really doesn't make any sense. But that's part of the beauty it. of it. Um, and you'll like, they'll pass a chase bank, you know, mm. but it's it's way more subtle than this one was no, like. No, this one was much more like, it was a lot. Yeah. This show was a lot. It was a lot. It was, it was a, a lot. lot. It was a lot more than the Christmas Spectacular is. If they ever do another Spectacular, unless like Laura Benanti or someone. Oh, uh, I will uh, never uh, see I know, another I know you will, but I will again. say that I probably would only ever see the Christmas Spectacular again. Because one of the things I love about the Christmas Spectacular is how vintage it feels. Because most of the numbers, I guess not most... Some of the numbers are original numbers from the 1933 show. And only every few years do they take an old, like take a number out and put in a new number. So even some of the newer numbers are ones that I've seen a bunch of times. And it's the same show every year. But like to me, that's part of what I like about it. It's part of that Christmas tradition. Sure. It's like how we always used to watch the Ten Commandments uh, during Passover. Right. Exactly. And. Um, but this was a lot. There was a lot of things happening and I, it was my first spectacular right. and my last. <laughs> I have no need to ever, please God, Laura Benanti, don't do any more spectaculars because if you do them, I will go see them. Right. I don't want to. We did, thanks to the spectacular though, get to hear her sing I Could Have Danced Which was fucking night. great. And some other n- nonsense songs. Yeah. That they wrote I mean, I'm not the saying, show. like, I feel like I'm making it sound like it was unbearable to sit through. I certainly enjoyed myself. Sure. We had a great time. Yeah. Like, we had a lot of well, fun. Well, and because part of the fun of it, which is also part of the pain of it, uh. is that it's kind of a free-for-all. Yes. Like, and the same a little bit with the Christmas Spectacular, because it's a lot of families. It's mostly tourists. Right. And Radio City, like at this point, it's like Phantom where they can't really control people. Right. They're, They're just like, like you're try to behave, photos. but do the best you can. Right. So we were sort of just, if, if it you... It gave us the freedom to be snarky. It gave us the freedom to be snarky. It gave us the freedom to take a selfie in the theater yeah, while did. the show was happening. While, while our bris, <laughs> low bris, bracelets our were... light bracelets were, light were lighting bracelets up. were lighting up. It was like we were at a rave. Because like four people in 
three rows in front of us were videotaping it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. There was someone in, like, the second row video. They came out it. with, like, at one point, it was they did this whole sports section, which I thought was bonkers and I also loved because it was crazy and made no sense. It w- didn't make any sense. Also, there was, like, a group near us who were, like... What did they, what were they chanting? I didn't hear them. There was chanting, like a chant. They were like they were they were doing some, you know, like I don't know. Let's go Mets. Let's go I Mets. I mean, maybe let's go Mets. They, they were like trying to get a chant started. And I was like, dude, there's a show. Yeah, they didn't a highlight show going the Mets on. though because it's the fucking Yankees all the time. Yankees, 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 Yankees. Boo, Yankees. What were they highlighting the Yankees? There was just like tons of sports. What pinstripes, Emily? The pinstripes are all that they see. Catch me if you can. Yankees what, wear what pinstripes. Are the, what do the Mets wear? The Mets wear, well, they were like navy blue pinstripes and white, which is the Yankees colors. Okay. And they were at Yankee Stadium and whatever. Why do you hate the Yankees? If you don't like the Yankees, you hate the Yankees. I hate I, the, that's not true because I have no feelings about the Yankees. Well, okay, if you're a baseball fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to get into this again. Okay, whatever. It's very similar to my hatred of the Cubs. They have all the money and they buy up all the players and they don't even use them. They just buy them so other people can't have them. The Yankees win you- things. I know because they buy up all the it players. It just seems like the Yankee, your problem with the Yankees and your problem with the Cubs are two separate issues. They're similar issues. Okay, whatever. Let's move on. Oh my God. We don't um, want to do another sports episode. Anyway. <laughs> During that sports section, they like came out and were throwing. There was t-shirt cannons. There were t-shirt cannons, and they were also like vendors came out and were throwing free popcorn. And the um, and then everyone was not paying attention. <laughs> the to Rockets the fucking were show. up there doing a great dance. Yep, and everyone was like, "Popcorn, popcorn, me, 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 I want popcorn." It was, it was like but shit the show. Rockets, you can't be paid. A we lot did of buy money. a bucket of popcorn, though. It's true. It was Mostly called a for bucket. the Instagram. It wasn't really a bucket. It was a bucket. Why do you think it's not a bucket? It just looks like a large, like a crazy large soda cup. But it has a handle on it. That a handle does not make a bucket a yeah, bucket. Huh? The shape makes a bucket a it bucket. It is bucket shaped. <laughs> I don't know why it wouldn't be a bucket. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> it was definitely a bucket. There was a lot of popcorn. I mean, it wasn't like a movie theater right. large yeah, that is like like a bucket. Like that's a bucket of popcorn. Nobody needs that. But that's not the point. Okay, whatever. Very competitive. <laughs> We're both so tired from this week. It's true. Um, what else? Listen, wait. <laughs> can we just start with the fact that the show started with Whoopi Goldberg is God? Yep. And Whoopi Goldberg is God was like, hey, Angel Derek Huff's understudy. <laughs> he I broke want his you feet or to, something. He's like, I want to win. Also, I don't understand how limbo works. So I was confused about that. He was in limbo and he was like, I want to be an angel. Give me my wings. Yeah, that's and then not she how was limbo like, works. I need you need to do a good deed on earth in order to get your wings. Then spoiler alert at the end, he does his good deed. Then he decides to like in city of angels become a person yeah. so that he can be with Laura Bonanti, who all of a sudden is like, sure, be give up your angel stuff and become a human. She wasn't like, what? You're an angel? Yeah, right? Listen. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> it made no Here's sense. The thing, I could be wrong. I'm not up on my theology okay. as much as some people are. 
Angels, I believe, are different species. Yes, yes, so they're just angels. They can't become can't people. Become Asi- right. Asians. Hum- <laughs> humans can't become angels, right. and angels can't, can't become, become humans. humans. Limbo is where. That's Limbo where like unbaptized babies right. go. The Pope is like, "Hey guys, God called me. Limbo doesn't exist." That anymore. doesn't make sense. Purgatory is, I think, what and they were talking about. 1976 got changed. It's fun about black people. Black, black people. people. Yeah, Seriously. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, purgatory, I think, is what they were thinking, which is where you um, go. Even if, even if you're everyone sins, so even if you're going to heaven, you have to spend some time in purgatory to why? work off the sins that you did commit. Oh. And then once you do that, and it's not bad, you what just What if you of, repented right before you died? Well, you have to do that anyway, but you still... You still have to pay for your crimes. Yeah. That's stupid. But it's not like bad. It's just you're not in heaven. You don't get all of the things that you get in heaven. It's just like a waiting room. Okay. You're not being tortured. You're not really, you know. But then once you do what your time, did the crime, you do the time, whatever. Then you go to heaven. So so their whole situation made no sense. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Limbo. That's not limbo doesn't exist anymore, you guys. Well, it all whatever. None of it made sense. Well, literally none of it. And the Easter Bunny was there for no reason. Morbidity was a high-powered billionaire who clips her cell phone onto her belt. Nope. No way, man. Fuck no! Would she ever do that? She, she was delightful. That I mean, fucking was, great. like giving it. Also, like for the the two us uh, snarkies, I felt like she was like, I know. Oh yeah, you know, she was like, I know. Don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that whole audience bit too was great. They go into. Oh, the I wish we were sitting bit. closer. I know. I know. She wouldn't have picked us. Yeah, maybe she would have. Maybe. Oh God. What if I got to sing New York, New York? That would have been really exciting. Um, yeah, I don't know. So d- I guess decide for yourself if you want to see it. I love a spectacular. I would suggest seeing the Christmas spectacular. I mean, if you want I to would see suggest a spectacular, seeing the spring but, spectacular because Laura Benanti's yeah, in it. Yeah, that's also true. It made no sense whatsoever, but Laura Benanti was in it, so you yeah. should probably see it. Yeah, and it's on TDF, so. I, I asked for the Rockettes. It's probably a lot of fun because they just do the same dances every year. So this is like this new This must dances. be really fun. And it's a lot more modern, yeah. which is boring to me. That <laughs> raining number was cool. That rain number was great. The production numbers were all very enjoyable yeah. and had no business. I mean, I want to say they had no business in the show because they didn't further the plot. But it's the like plot. the story, has, no plot. No, the there was story like no, has no business in a right. Rockette show right. is the thing. There's no there's yeah. and no that's the way, anything. That's the way the spectacular right. is. It's like loose You know story. what I thought was a missed opportunity? What? So you know when they were like, hey, tour guide dude, look. Look, we made a digital version of you, and yeah. it was a funny moment. I wanted digital Laura Benanti. I thought oh, that was yeah. going to happen. Mm. A missed opportunity. Yeah, to have a little cartoon digital three D Laura Benanti. Yeah, there was three D stuff. Like we yeah. had to wear three D glasses. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of shit going. on. I'm not on. sure when they introduced three D. I feel like it was sometime after I moved here. It wasn't that long ago huh. because it was like, no, it's in three D, and you're like, but it's always it's been always in three D because it's because it's a live. live. Show. Exactly. Exactly. Stage. Why would yeah. you need to do that? Yeah. Guys, 3D was only a thing because the invention of TV. Well, Let's be real. What I do like about this 3D is that it is the terrible kind of cheesy 3D. Yes, where it's like where things like, at my face. Zoom. Yeah. Look yeah. at this thing. It's coming at you. It's like for the show that it is, it, it's like I remember that's the exactly first time what it I ever be. saw a 3D movie. 
when I was in like the fourth grade, oh, we really? went to the science museum. Ooh. There was a 3D movie and it was like fish swimming at your face and me and all, we were all like batting at our I faces. I wonder if my sister works at that museum. The she Seattle Science some, Museum? I don't remember which one she works at, but she works at some sort of something. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Good story. I went to the Seattle Science Museum. So the Spring Spectacular is through May 7th. Yep, they got extended. They got extended, and Derek Huff is no longer in it nope. because he like broke both his feet or something. <laughs> Yo, bummer, because I like him. Yeah, but I know. his understudy was fantastic. His understudy was really, and good. we were so far away, I wouldn't have it known the difference nope, anyway. Nope, <laughs> not at all. Those are all the shows we saw. Lots of shows. Yeah, jeez. Another thing we got to do this week is we got to go to the Drama Desk nomination announcements. It was fucking awesome at Fifty Four Below. Yeah, it was really cool. For a first time, first time being in the room for the mm-hmm. announcements. Yeah. Was, we were kind of bad at being in that room because we mm. would get really excited and like make faces. And I think we're <laughs> supposed to be like unbiased journalists. I mean, not really, oh, but like where I see we, someone we loved and we unexpected like, got a nomination. We were like, <gasps> <laughs> hey man. I mean, yeah. You know, but it was, that's what we do. Yeah. No, I know. When Carolee Carmelo gets a spontaneous Drama Desk nomination, I'm going to not listen to anything else that's happening for five yeah, minutes. I know. And Kate Baldwin also. <gasps> and Kate Baldwin. I know. So exciting. So exciting. I honestly would have... I, I don't remember who else is nominated. No. Well, because Kate Baldwin was first in her category and Carolee Carmelo was first in her category. Right. So, no so both of us were like, we stopped bah, listening. Bah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carolee, Carolee, uh, like, Kate Baldwin, for, for the rest of Carolee's category, we were just like <gasps> staring at each other with our mouths I open. Know. And the people no behind us, I think, were like, oh, that category. yeah. But like, that's why I love, I mean, I hate all awards, but like, I love the drama desk because they respect Carolee Carmelo yeah. in the same way that I do. Yeah. I mean, probably not, but like, we get it. Well, we also got to talk to <gasps> the two women <laughs> announcing the nominations, Judith Light. Oh my God. And Jesse Mueller. Yeah. And so here are those interviews. Hey, Schmazettes. We're about to hear Judith Light announce the drama desks. What? Also, Jesse Mueller's here. Yes, there are other people besides Judith Light. But Judith Light is extremely important because she's the light in all of our lives. What do you think she's going to be wearing? Hopefully, a white pantsuit. Yes. Or remember remember at the Tonys that one of the years that she won, she was wearing basically a white pantsuit dress. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Gorgeous. I hope she's wearing that. Ask her more. <laughs> I just realized we were just talking about what she's going to wear. <laughs> Hi, Judith. Hi. It's nice to meet you. Nice to see you. We're Patty and Emily. We have a theater blog. Hello, yeah. Patty and Emily, theater blog. Nice to talk to you. So do you have any maintenance tips for your award for uh, the winners this year? Like cleaning it, keeping it in good shape? Keeping it nice and shiny. Well, I, I have two drama desks from before and the two Tonys from before, and I just make sure I dust them. <laughs> That's all you really do. Where do you keep them? Uh, I keep them in a place in New York. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it more stressful being a nominee or announcing the nominees as today? Actually, it's not it's not that it's stressful. It's actually very exciting. There's a difference between stress and excitement. And so or nerves and excitement. It's very exciting and I was very honored to be asked to do this today, I have to say. Well, it was an honor meeting you. We're huge fans. Thank you so much. Congratulations with your blog, oh, you thanks. guys. Thank really. you. Thank you. here with Jesse Mueller. Hi Jesse. How's it going guys? It's pretty good. Super, super great. Good way to spend our afternoon. I know, right? Little, it's, it's sort of in, in downstairs in 54 Below. It's kind of a classy joint, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did, did you and Judith actually coordinate your outfits today or is that just wonderful coincidence? Um, that was a happy coincidence of art. Uh, we did not, but we certainly showed up and realized we were wearing not just blue, but like the exact same shade of blue. So we, we went with it. She was doing, she improvised a little bit up there. I thought it was quite nice. Yeah. We texted each other to make sure that we did not wear the same outfit today. I was, we were both wearing gray shirts. Yep. It's all right. It's good. Because you're giving us like a little more texture. You're giving us a little more ladylike, you know, and sweeping. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so do you have any like award maintenance tips for future winners? Keeping it shiny or? Oh, oh, oh award maintenance. Not like how to get through award season, like how to not. <laughs> Um, pick a solid shelf for your awards. Swiffers are great. Use them often. Um, you know, for me, and you got to find the right place for them, I think. You don't really want to... For me, it's a little weird to have a place where you, like, see it every day, but you want to kind of put it in a place where it has some reverence, but it not, like... You know, where you see it in your bathroom mirror, like, when you're watching TV. I think that's a little strange. But, you know, to each their own. Was it more stressful announcing the nominations this year or being nominated in the past? I think it might have been more stressful announcing the nominations <laughs> and trying not to worry that you were that I was going to um, mispronounce someone's name or their show or like miss a cat. You know what I mean? Like they're just all lined up, like say somebody with the wrong show and yeah, make someone a woman who's a male. You know what I mean? Something <laughs> like that. Well, you did good. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think I did all right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on saying all the names correctly, and we can't wait to see Waitress. Oh, thanks. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, we go to upper, to uh, ART in June, so we're we're getting pumped. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to make a trip to Boston. Awesome. Yeah. Come on down. Up, over. Up, up and over, up I think. Over. Yeah. Up and over. <laughs> Geography. <laughs> Not my strong suit. Guys, we talked to Judith Light. Wasn't that amazing? Ugh. Jesse Mueller. Delightful. So hopefully we're also going to go to um, their like uh, Drama Desk nominee meet and greet, um, which is on May 6th. So you'll be hearing more from Drama Desk nominees then. Yes. And the Drama Desk Awards are on May 31st. And Laura Benanti is hosting. Laura Benanti. Woo-woo. Yeah, I guess I never watched them last year. Yeah, we didn't watch them. They stream online, but then you can't like find it anywhere afterwards which Ooh. is stupid it guys because i do want to watch it i, I do want to watch it but we always are at opening nights at paper mill yeah. on the this same year, night as the yeah, drama this desk. year ever after is opening night is the same night which so hi we're gonna be talking to christine ebersall paper mill get it together <laughs> don't schedule your openings yeah guys we're busy desk. and we want to go to both of these things yeah. schedule your lives around us around us move your no. show times up a half hour come on <laughs> So, some good news and some bad news. The good news is, Younger, Sutton Foster's delightful TV show on TV Land, was picked up for a second season. Yes. Wait, what's the bad news? The Heidi Chronicles is closing. Oh. Uh, uh, May 3rd. That is really bad news. Yeah. God damn it. 
I'm really fucking upset about this. Um, it's very upsetting. Yeah. It's really upsetting. Heidi Chronicles is so fucking good and it's so important. And I hate everyone. That's all. Hmm. Well, we did have a chance to talk with Tracy Chimo, who's in the Heidi Chronicles and is amazing. Oh my God. She's so incredible. And that interview will be up Thursday. And you guys should listen to it and send it to every man in your life. Yeah. <laughs> we basically just talk about feminism the whole time. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um, Tracy Chimo is amazing. Get the fuck over to the music box and go see the Heidi Chronicles. Yeah. Because it's very important. Mm-hmm. Everybody should see it. Yeah. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update! Drama Desk nominee! Oh my god. I'm so happy it for It was her. amazing. Like, yeah, it was so great. And it also like reminded me, like when it happened, I was so shocked. And then I was also like, no, but they nominated her for Adam's Family because the Drama Desks get it. They're like, yeah. hi, I'm sorry, Carolee Carmelo was in a show? Nominate her mm-hmm. because she's Carolee Carmelo and you know she's doing good work. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. They get it. They just get it. Yeah. Get Carolee Carmelo and how important she is to musical mm-hmm. theater. It's true. So exciting. Yeah. Good for her. I wonder what she'll wear. I don't know. I wonder if she'll buy a new dress. I mean, she has that stylist, so. All right. Maybe she'll get a new dress. Maybe she will get a new dress. We can't wait. Can't wait to find out what dress you're wearing, Carolee. <laughs> and now it's time for the Laura Benanti Tweet of the Week. Laura Benanti tweeted on April 24th at 7.25 p.m. I will get so mad about something on Twitter. And then I'm like, chill, Laura. It's just Twitter. And then I'm like, all I have is Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Laura Benanti is super funny. Laura Benanti. Can Laura Benanti and Leslie Margarita have like a panel on Oh, at the Broadway media. convention. Yeah, at Broadway Con. Broadway Con. Yeah, yeah. but social media. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Right? We'll pitch them that idea. Yeah. Pronto. Also cuz I want those ladies to hang out with each other. Wait, can I just say? Yes. Something else that happened this week that infuriated me was that Broadway.com smackdown thing. Yeah. That made me so angry and I want to talk about it because I think it, that, that ever I want to like start a movement to get that done with and get mm-hmm. it taken away because Broadway.com does this thing where they're like, it's Broadway Smackdown. And they're like, who's hotter? You know, like Cheyenne Jackson or well, I think it was Matt Bomer was the other one. Cheyenne Jackson. Well, but why? Why do you have to choose? <laughs> why are you doing that? What are you, what are you saying to Matt Bomer then? It's not nice. It's mean. It's not okay. Cheyenne Jackson. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Okay, then how about this week's? Which book are you more excited to buy? Anna Kendrick's book of essays or Laura Benanti's book of essays? Choose. You can't be excited for both of them. Well, hi, I'm extremely excited for both of those books. I will purchase both of hmm. those books. And don't fucking be like, which one are you more excited for? And tagged both of them. And then I looked in the responses and there was people who were responding tagging broadway.com both anna and laura and saying i'm more excited for laura's book i'm more excited for anna's book and then the other person has to fucking see that shit yeah that's not okay it's not okay that broadway.com is doing that and like perpetuating that Mm -hmm. and making more for those women to have to deal with or any of the cheyenne jackson yeah matt bomer you mean all of them (laughs) cheyenne jackson's like i'm more than just my body bitch oh sorry cheyenne 
It's a serious subject. It is a serious subject. I think I'm not as angry about it as you because that slight competition aspect doesn't generally bother me as much as it does you because you don't understand competition. But A, the language is important. Yes. And B, that specific example of like using something extremely tangible that is like a real thing that's about popularity is yeah. not okay. Right. Well, like, well, cause what were the other examples? There was SpongeBob like, versus hee haw, right. like nonsense things. And that's just yeah. like an opinion. And I don't have a problem with that. Sure. Seeing which one is, I'm sorry, but yeah, no, I completely agree. If yeah. it was like, if it was like, you know, who do you think's more desperate? Sally or Fosca? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's a great poll. <laughs> You're welcome. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. nobody's getting hurt. Right. You're tagging Laura right, right, Benantian right. and yeah. a Kendrick in a competition well, and that's tweet. just more like twitter etiquette that people don't understand right. don't respond to everybody a don't respond to everybody b don't tag people that don't need to be tagged right if you're like <sighs> that's our show until next week you can follow us on twitter at at patty the letter n emily patty n emily you can follow us individually at patty with y and at emily faye oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching patty and emily be sure to subscribe to us on itunes rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show send us your topic suggestions questions dreamcasts etc and in the meantime go go see live theater. theater